0: Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. The podcast where we actually explore the minds of leaders from all around the agriculture and agribusiness space about what it takes to lead intentionally in this industry today. My friends, if there's some value in here for you today, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast, share this with someone who needs to hear the message of what it takes to be intentional. Let's get into the show. All right. Well, Greg Payton, uh, man, it's super good to have you on here. It's been a long time since we talked and uh, very excited. We got a chance to work with you previously in your career, um, uh, a few iterations back. And so I'm excited to jump in now that you're with Pivot Bio and and talk intention with you here today. So welcome. Thanks for being here.
1: Very good, Mark. Yeah, I'm excited to be part of your podcast here. And reflecting back on our, our time together earlier, uh, what you've been able to provide for me is a thought process to how do I approach my day? And mm-hmm. I, I utilize uh, that thought process uh, every day as to what am I doing and uh, what am I going to achieve as a result of my actions for the day?
0: Wonderful. Well, that sounds that sounds intentional. So, <laughs> I like it. So, uh, Greg, uh, opening question everybody gets is: uh, so, what what does it what does it mean for you to be intentional?
1: Well, I reflect on that, Mark, and and when you think about the word, of course, you can go to uh, the, the Webster Dictionary and and find out what the de- definition of intentional is. But as I think about being intentional. The actions that I take, are they a reaction to an event that I am anticipating or currently incurring and my actions are not focused on a specific outcome or have I intentionally identified the path that I'm going to take? And as a result, what are the action steps that I, that I need to take to succeed? And that's that's where I think about it, intentional is, is planning uh, forward as to what our outcomes are supposed to be or what we plan on, what the outcome should be, and what action steps are we taking to achieve the results that we're, we're desiring or, or striving for. So specifically for me, that is an intentional thought process, an intentional action It doesn't just happen. You have to make a concerted effort to be focused and identifying, here's what we need to do. And as a result, these are the outcomes that we have in our plan to achieve. However, we need to know that all best plans may not be the best plan. And we need to be able to react with specific intentions of what's plan B, what's plan C.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah uh, it, it, it's it, when you when you talk about you know it doesn't just happen this is one of the things that i'm trying to help people understand leaders understand around what it means to be intentional because a lot of people talk a good game when i have conversations with people about being intentional uh nobody ever says it's a bad idea <laughs> right, right. right but it but it's very hard to execute on Right, and I think that's that's the big challenge. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've got some very intentional things that you're doing to start your day, and I, and I love love the definition. I think it fits right in. Uh, so Greg, you know, at, uh, at Pivot Bio, what are some things you guys are doing to be intentional about attracting, retaining? Uh, you're in a you're a high growth startup, you know, and and so it's a, maybe a little bit different space than folks I've talked to in a in a, a traditional co op or independent retailer or Um, you know, one of your big three companies. So what's the, what what does intention look like in in creating that culture there for you guys right now?
1: Good question, Mark. So one thing that we think about is when we look at our product that we're bringing to the marketplace and how we're bringing our product to the marketplace, we're being disruptive in the industry. And that uh, creates some angst among some individuals that have been, uh, what I would say, with the ag industry for several years. If we're, if we're bringing them on board and we want them to participate with us either as an agronomist or as a sales rep or, or as an employee of Pivot Bio, what do we need to help them to overcome in their thought process of how they're going to approach positioning our product with producers or with reps in the industry? So uh, in in order for us to uh, achieve success and hire the the individuals that are the high performers, we have to lay out our strategy. Here's where we've been. Here's what we've achieved. How did we get from point A to point B to point C? But more importantly, lay clearly in front of them, here's what our expectations are, and how are we gonna achieve those expectations based upon our current path? And more importantly, when we work with the high performers that we're bringing into the marketplace from many different industries, they've had success in their previous life. And how do we utilize their success and what helped them to become successful and adapt that into our current model, maybe make some adaptions to it. but with with the idea that we don't have all the answers. We have a lot of people in the industry that have the answers and how do we allow them to incorporate their ideas? So we are a very open company in regards to communications, whether it's the CEO all the way down to the, um, the sales rep, that's the most important person on our team. If you've got an idea, bring it to someone's attention and we will talk about it. So what that creates, Mark, is a very open culture of, I've got an idea, I don't know if it will work, but let's ask someone to see what they think about it. And there's never a wrong answer. Mm. And we'll adapt that. And if we deem that that seems like a viable process, we'll make those changes and adapt. And that creates from an an employee perspective, an opportunity to this is different than where I came from my previous life. Yeah, I feel like I'm being heard now instead of being lost in a, a, a culture that says they listen, but they don't mm-hmm. because they've got to have their preconceived ideas as to how the solution should come about.
0: Yeah, that definitely takes a lot of intention to to curate a culture within which that actually can be can be true. I know a lot of people talk that game and, and all opinions are valued right until your opinion is different than mine. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. do, you, do you find people a little bit gun shy to open oh, up and kind of share in the beginning? And how do you guys address that?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's like debriefing an uh, individual. If, if you have been with uh, in a, uh, in an industry for several years, which we have several of our uh, employees that have been on board in various capacities and they've been uh, adapted to the culture of their prior lives And they come to our culture and and I'll get phone calls from them after we have a conference call and they'll say, we can really talk like this with, we we, we can actually voice our opinion without fear of repercussion. I said, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I said, this is an opportunity for you. If you've got an idea, voice your opinion, but more importantly, have a solution. If you have an issue or concern about what seems to be a problem that you observe, that allows the individuals that can make the decisions to recognize your talent. You put some thought to it. It's not just a bitch session. You're actually providing and thinking about solutions. So when, when you have employees that have been for five, 10, 15 years in another industry, it's a breath of fresh air. Mark, another thought too, is when we have new employees, fresh out of college, which we have a fair segment of our our employees that are fresh out of college. They don't know what they don't know they've been used to the structure at an institution where you have a a defined path to go forward and you follow what the professor advocates for you to do to achieve your a or b or c or whatever grade or outcome you want from that class so they're waiting for someone to direct them almost to give them permission
0: Mm -hmm. can i do this Mm -hmm.
1: well As we lay out our objectives, which are are clearly defined and it goes back to intentional, we wanna be sure that the individuals that work with us in our company know what our KPIs are and expectations are. If you have a different path in your mind, share that. And that will allow us to become better because as I said earlier, we don't have all the answers. And I really embrace individuals coming fresh out of college because they have new ideas, new approaches. We mm-hmm. may have seen it in the past, but it might have a little different color to it than what we saw in the past. Let's embrace that and, and resurrect that as another opportunity to to learn yeah. more how do we approach our clients.
0: Right. And I'm, <clears throat> Greg, as you talk about that, my mind starts going to – right. The, the how to write the how to just a little bit. Cause I can imagine somebody driving down the road right now, listening to this <clears throat> and they're, and they're thinking, okay, well th- that, all sounds, that all sounds good, but what if it's a bad idea? <laughs> and I, I've had a lot, i like, I have a, I have a new idea about every five minutes, Greg, of th- something I can do for my business or ways to help people or whatever. And they're not all good ideas. And I certainly don't have time to execute on all of them. Uh, but, uh, I think that, but you know, if I think about intentional leadership, like I also have to, I have to honor what somebody is bringing up. If that's the culture, like, so I can't say, Hey, that's a stupid idea just outright. Right. I have to let them be heard. Right. But also maybe we don't continue with the bad idea. So I I would just be curious on your take. I mean, whether over the years or how you do it now, how do you, (laughs) how do you kind of help somebody, you know, not. Not feel like an outsider or like it was a bad idea, but but still, how do you, how do you how do you be diplomatic?
1: That, that's a good question, Mark. So as, as I approach it over the years of my experiences working with many different types of sales individuals, whether it's a, a it's direct sales to the grower or working with uh, vice presidents uh, with their specific issues or concerns that they have in, in their sales approach, there's been a lot of opportunities for me me to hear a lot of ideas. And I've been blessed with the ability to sit back and put myself in that individual's shoes and and identify why would they be asking this question? What are they seeing that someone else can't see? So I'll, I'll listen and gain a better understanding and ask a few more questions regarding, tell me more about why you think that way. Tell me what some possible solutions are. What are the probable outcomes of the different type of solutions that we offer? And are they beneficial than what our current status quo process is? And I said, I'll say, let's use the old dairy vernacular, let's ruminate on this for a while, for a day or two, and think about it. Let's connect again in 24, 48 hours and revisit. You've had time to think about it. I've had time to think about it and I can advance it forward. I currently in a position where I I get a lot of uh, requests for ideas to get presented to our executive leadership team. I was actually with our CEO all day yesterday and had a good opportunity to talk. And with Chris, the the blessing that we have with him as our new CEO is that he he said, I want to hear everything. I, I don't want you to sugarcoat anything. And everything's open for conversation and discussion, there's no bad idea. And Mm. that is a breath of fresh air when we have our senior leadership that are embracing the opportunity for people that are in the field to really address the concerns that they're seeing. And more importantly, what are some possible solutions? That's the approach I take too, Mark. So as an individual, whether you're a seasoned veteran, they they kind of use me as the uh well, I'll be kind of this kind of silly how it sounds, but they, they think I might be expendable when I'm OK with that because I, I can ask for forgiveness and, uh, sure. <laughs> and, and that's OK with that. I've been doing this for quite a few years. I know how to approach the conversation and I'm not afraid to uh, have a, a, a strong point supporting the, the decisions that we want to recommend. Because if you don't bring your thoughts forward, they will never get heard. And whether and if you get shot down, so be it. That gives me the desire, I need to brush that proposal up again. Obviously, I didn't communicate effectively what my expectations or intentions were or the outcome, or maybe it was the wrong time. Maybe when I approached it, there was some other things going on that were more important. Don't throw it away. Don't put it on the bookshelf, keep it on the burner and find the opportunity to, to freshen it up again and represent itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, so, so I'm hearing kind of three themes as you, as you talk about that, Greg, the first one is having a process. Right. So just understanding like, Hey, there's a, there's a, a lot of ideas potentially coming from a number of different angles every day. Like, Hey, here's the process. So look cool. We're going to let that sit right. Or, or, or let you think about it a little bit more. Let's ruminate like you to use your word, right. For a couple of days or a week or whatever. And I, by the way, I have a huge rumination list that's still sitting. Cause there's some bad ideas <laughs> or maybe they're not bad ideas. They were good at the time. They're just, you know, not the right ones to be executing on right now. Right. Yeah.
1: And can I build on that a second? Yeah, yeah. So so when the individual is thinking about presenting an idea to someone, find the individual that you have full trust in and they have trust Mm. in you, that you know that you can sit down and have a confidential conversation if if it's a confidential topic and provide your input or solutions, knowing that they will have your best interests at heart when they move forward with presenting that idea or solution. Because there are a lot of individuals that are not willing to move forward with an idea for fear of, oh, it might put a little black mark by my name because mm-hmm. I brought up this idea that wasn't perceived as being a very good idea. If, if you aren't confident to carry that message, find someone that will do that for you. There are people in, in, in your businesses or in your life that can be that person that will say, I got your back. Yeah. You got a great idea, or let's talk more about it. I have your back. I'll take it to the people that need to hear this. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it reminds
0: me, you know, of like the Gallup engagement survey where they ask one of the what eleven questions or whatever it is. They ask one of the questions: Do you have a friend at work? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say no. Like, I don't have any friends at work, and then they start to blame the culture at work. And and I like I get I get that right. I'm like, oh, there's nobody at work that I like. Well, go make a friend. Like have you how how hard have you worked? <laughs> Who have you asked to lunch lately? Right? Who have you gone and got a drink with lately? Right? I mean, are you really working at that? But, it, but, but uh, that comes back to your point around having someone to bounce the idea off of, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Just
0: having someone at work. You're like, hey, that's one thinking about. Like, what do you think? Like, shoot some holes in this, and and and. and, and you know or or give me some feedback give me some input i want to bring this to the ceo but i want to you know i want to run it by you first i think it's a great suggestion right to have somebody in the workspace that um uh, you know that that can be that for you and you know, if you're an employee listening to this i guess i would implore you to to take a look at are you doing are you doing the work to build intentional relationships at work and and really you know be if, if not friends at least allies with people Right. To be able to right. do that and, and and cool. Like let's let's have a dumb idea session. Just spitball. There's some great things that come out of that. <laughs> right. 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 Sometimes. So anyway, I think I think that that's great advice. Uh she talked about right having a process, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, being willing to uh to to kind of put yourself out there, but then also like what if you do get shot down? What if it doesn't get adopted right away? Rather than then look at that as rejection. I can also flip that around the exact same scenario and, and shift the perspective and say, uh, the, okay, I've got, I've got another opportunity to go do more research. Mm-hmm. Think about it some more and come back with a better pitch. Correct. You know, right. I think the, the very first program I ran, um, I mean, you'll remember it was called the Millennial Mastermind. This is one of the first things that you guys bought at UFC. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I, the very first time I ran, it was nine years ago this week. Uh, as we record this in the third week of September. And uh, I asked <clears throat> between Facebook and LinkedIn messengers, I, I sent 2000 messages, 2000 messages, Greg, and six people showed up. <laughs>
1: wow. wow. <laughs>
0: and, and I think I had to do two for ones on four of them. So <laughs> so we weren't making a lot of revenue, <clears throat> but I didn't have the, the idea fully proven yet right? The mm-hmm. concept was new to the ag industry at the time. Nobody was doing a two-day deep dive just for young people like that, <laughs> excuse me, and then following that up with a
1: coaching program. That was new, right? Right, right. You, when when you think about rejection, and we have to embrace that, that will occur. And mm-hmm. I always reflect back to the eighth grade dance that you were at, and you went across the gym floor to ask the girl, to dance and you got rejected did that stop you from asking another girl to dance again probably not and so you you take those uh times of rejection as a reflection as as you said Mm -hmm. and then become more specific about identifying let's let's revisit my proposal my rfp that i created because i thought it was a great idea Mm -hmm. and let's see what holes were shot in it And were they valid or were they based upon lack of information, which in sales, if you get a no, it's not that the customer really doesn't want to say no, you just haven't given them enough information to help them make an intelligent decision on the buying.
0: Or I just haven't positioned my value well enough yet.
1: Correct, correct. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, the the second point of uh, Following through after you sit down and ruminate on your idea and you propose it, that's probably the most important step you can take. What are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. Are you going to go back and, and never bring that topic up again? Or are you going to be intentional about making some decisions as to how do I address it and find the individuals that you need to focus with to help make it a better proposal if it's a if it's a sound proposal
0: yeah I, I was just having a conversation with uh, a coaching client this morning who's you know frustrated trying to get into a couple of retail accounts. And so we were talking through, well, what are we doing? Well, we're doing the things like I'm looking at the notes, you know, right here. Well, we're, you know, we try to position products that they're not using currently, try to give them a a leg up in the marketplace or private label things, or, you know, just look for that opening, provide education. Okay. So that's one dimension. That's what a a salesperson in your type of job ought to do. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, Show me your, show me the relationship map of your client do you have a relationship with the CEO or are you only focusing on the the location managers? Right. Uh, Who else, right. (laughs) Who else should we be, be looking at? And so, uh, and then what else are you, um, are you putting yourself out there on social media? Are you making the Snapchats? I have learned Greg so much this summer from several particular agronomists who I follow on Snapchat, who are posting content daily of everything that's going on at the different growth stages what they're doing, how they're addressing it, how they're addressing the str- the weather stress, and all these different things. I'm I'm. It's like I have 19 credits in agronomy from the University of Minnesota. <laughs> I've learned more from Snapchat from a agron- you know people who know things about this stuff just over social media this summer. So, uh, my my point being, there are so many other avenues, right, to be intentional about your idea to 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 you know, if if you believe in what it is, right. There's a lot of different ways to to go about getting it out there. And um, just because we hear no one time, just because we're getting rejected one area, it doesn't mean we'll get rejected in another area, right? It's, it's, that's part of the proving process. But I, uh, I want to come back to something, Greg, that was important that sort of, in my mind, at least spurred this part of our conversation, which we have a lot of young people, right? We like those young people coming out of university with new ideas. And that generation has had every moment of their life planned since they were a baby. Right. They have been given constant feedback, encouragement, (laughs) uh, and they've grown up with social media. So there's been another layer or layers of engagement um, over the years as well. So, as employers, you now have to be that next level of intention, excuse me, that next level of intention in their life. Right. I mean, that next level of parenting, kind of in a way, not really parenting, but you're definitely leading them. And I think there's an intentional piece So I was glad that you mentioned that. And I'm just, I was wondering if that brings up any unique challenges in your business or if there's anything that you guys are doing to help really harness that next generation uh, employee.
1: valid points, Mark, when I think about where we are at is from a messaging or communication perspective with our clients or even with ourselves as as peers or individuals, uh, when I first started in the ag industry, it was the old uh, payphone, or that was about the only way you could call someone, reach right. out to the house and leave a voicemail. If they had a, a – uh, well, they didn't have voicemail. They had that little machine that recorded the message. Maybe, um, maybe an answering machine, right? Maybe. You maybe just missed Maybe, it. <laughs> maybe so. you sent a postcard or you dropped them a letter. And now the volume of communication styles that are out there – can be overwhelming, not only for the individuals that are used to all of the social media, more importantly, the customers that we're connecting with or the, the peers that you're working with may not be adapted or used to the type of social communication that you as a young individual are very accustomed to. It's, it's you know, th- this, this phone that we have is a, a blessing and a curse. It can, it can consume your day or can be the most effective tool that a person can really have in mm-hmm. communicating to your customers. How I approach it with individuals is as, as an example, Mark, you may prefer to use Snapchat as your primary source of communication. Mm-hmm. Is that the preferred source of communication that the individual uses that you're trying to develop a relationship with? Mm-hmm. If it is, that's probably an easier path, but if it's not, I need to identify how does Joe like to communicate. Is he a text guy? Maybe he just likes to text message. Maybe he's an individual that I need to give him a phone call. Met with an individual yesterday, and uh, the the rep that was with me asked me or asked him, Paul, how do you prefer to be communicated with? He said, just give me a call. He said, I don't respond to emails. I get too many emails. Just call me. I'll pick it up or leave a voicemail. And that's my experience with Paul as well, too. You, If you, if he doesn't pick up, you leave a voicemail or send him a text message and say, hey, Paul, give me a quick call back when you have a minute. And he'll respond right away. And I think as, as we think about you know, working with uh, young individuals just entering the business, don't assume that your clients use your preferred method of communication. And you said something earlier that that resonates well with me is the intentional aspect of networking or developing friendships. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional yourself about identifying who you need to be networking with. Then how do you go about creating that relationship? And it's not a one-time instant message to them. Hey, let's be friends on LinkedIn or hey, let's be friends on Instagram or on Snapchat. That may open the door, maybe not. It's pretty easy to reject those if they have no idea who you are. But be persistent and find out the process that you need to incorporate into your style to allow them to go, wait a minute, that that individual seems to have a lot of information that I want to learn more about. I should connect with them and mm-hmm. then I could learn more about what's going on in their world. Yeah. Do,
0: do you guys have a particular platform that's adopted by the company where it's just, hey, everybody uses this? or is it just email or phone or what's the
1: internally we use slack
0: yeah yeah
1: so so that's our primary internal source of communication and for me that the slack was like I've never used it before so like mm-hmm. okay so I have email text messaging slack um instagram linkedin but consistent communication slack i found works well because it saves the messaging and you can go back and mm-hmm. see the thread fairly easily when when you're communicating with other peers in the company. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I I like that as a <clears throat> and as an intentional tool really because it gives us the the ability to create specific threads around each client if we want or each product if we want. Mm-hmm. Um a really really cool book I read years ago uh written by an <clears throat> an acquaintance of mine named Keith Farazzi. He's written several written several books Um, but he wrote a book called leading without authority that I would recommend people read. And this, uh, the, the idea behind leading without authority is that in the, the future world of work, which we're now in, in, in post 2021 is, uh, is a world where we teams will scale up and scale down based on interest and merit. So as we have a new product launch well, why not spread that out across the organization and see, hey, who's really passionate or interested about this particular kind of product because you grew up around it. <laughs> or, or <laughs> you know, there's something about it that, that you think is cool. And so, you know, you get invited then to the Slack channel on that and you can start to contribute your ideas, uh, be on a special committee to help with marketing and review things. Maybe it's not your primary thing. Maybe it's not exactly what you get paid to do, but you're, you know, it gives you, the opportunity to express merit and build relationship capital within the organization by being a contributor on something outside of what your day to day is. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that over time, you know, and uh, organizations and and teams will scale up and scale down based on the demand or need for talent. So it's a new way of of looking at how we can attract talent where almost everybody becomes a free agent over time. And that's a bit to the extreme end of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can do that within any organization, Especially using good, you know, like a good solid technology platform. I've been recommending to a lot of companies lately, like to to have something, whether it be Slack or something inside of Teams. Um, and, I did, and I'll just share a quick <clears throat> a quick example. Uh, we did a project. We had twenty four merchandisers go through. Um, our our two day training. And then uh, we did a, a six months coaching um, with some additional training in the middle. And uh, this, uh, they are, they are segregated across different geographies. These people don't, and they're young people and so mostly in their, mostly in their twenties, not entirely, but mostly they don't otherwise get to know each other. They all work at different locations, buying grain and different, you know, different commodities from different aspects of the ag industry. And so uh, this was their first time really getting to know each other. And so we created the communication platform within which now they can idea share. Okay. And this was not happening before. Right. And, and you think this is a fairly large organization and they just, they have the software, but they weren't in the habit of communicating and idea sharing. And and we've done that successfully in a number of different organizations, get them talking and actually sharing ideas instead of just what, what happens for most of us is we feel like we're on an Island, screwing this all up so badly that nobody could possibly ever have done this as badly as me. That's the story that people adopt, right? right, right. <laughs> and, uh, and the reality is like, at the same time, somebody's doing it at least as bad as you, if, if not worse, like, hey, let, let's at least get together and commiserate. <laughs> Correct.
1: Well, I, well, I like that idea too, Mark. So when we think about uh, pre-pandemic, we had more social interaction, we had more team yeah. meetings, the, the camaraderie and the relationships uh, had been developed post pandemic after being sequestered in your home for two years, mm-hmm. you be, people became accustomed to not reaching out, not communicating. The zoom yeah. calls were, yeah, they're, they're, they they were able to achieve the communication of what steps we need to take. However, you didn't have that social interaction. So I would encourage individuals as we're moving forward now and being. More diverse in our office structure to find individuals, find a space where you can connect, whether it's uh, through a common chat group or whether it's in person. Of course, with, with companies being people being spread across the country, meeting in person is is not as convenient.
0: But mm-hmm. at
1: least have a specific time set up once a month or, or whatever the time frame it might be to share ideas. To your point, in a common in a yeah. common thread. For sure, and, and with di- with different time zones too. Using a social media platform or communication platform similar to Slack would mm-hmm. allow that message to you read it whenever you are able to read the message. Yeah, and, and that works well. Mm-hmm. I don't work a nine to five job. I, I might be up at three in the morning and have an idea, and I can share it and not worry about okay sending a text message, they might get a ding on their phone and they, they don't like that. But if it's through a Slack communication, they can read that whenever they're able to read that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Greg, I, we could riff on this, I think, all day <laughs> um, and, and keep going. So I, I appreciate, man, your, your insights and inputs. Uh, I think you've got a great grasp on uh, how leaders can, and if, I, if I was a leader listening to this, one of the things that I would steal is you know the, the openness around ideas. Uh, the, uh, the, the, are you actually curating a place within which people feel safe, uh, psychologically safe to share stuff? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want people to get triggered by the word psychologically safe. Like you as a leader, I believe have a moral obligation to create a workspace within which people feel empowered to thrive, have the capability to thrive. That's what we stand for. Mm-hmm. So that's part of what I think is, is great about what you said, like creating that space within which people can, can have ideas, bring those ideas, have a bad idea. That's okay. But it's, mm-hmm. this is the place where we share. Correct. So Correct. that's good. And then the process coming on the backside of that from, you know, just thinking through how you go about it. That was also great. So uh, Greg, uh, real quick, is there a book that you think somebody should be reading? I was curious about that. Do you have any books, resources, podcasts, things that you listen to that people ought to be taken in?
1: There's, uh, there's several resources that I utilize, Mark, and I'm, g- I'm going to focus on, on just a, a couple here. So I, I'm an avid reader. So I read uh, paperback. I use Audible. I use uh, Kindle. So it's, mm-hmm. if I'm driving, I'll, I'll listen to a book while I'm driving or a podcast. Uh, but there's a couple of books that I've just read recently, and it, it helps. Maybe it's the, the stage of life where I'm at as I reflect, okay, what have I accomplished over my years and where am I going in the future but as an, as an individual, if if you're not sure of why you're doing what you're doing and you haven't developed that passion, one book was written by Shannon Lee, which is Bruce Lee's daughter, Be Water, My Friend. And it talks yeah. about uh, how Bruce Lee had utilized um, looking within yourself to define your life purpose and to uh, how do you react to the situations that you're put in if you can't control you your external circumstances, which not many people can control what happens around them. How do you react to that situation that you had just encountered that will develop your future progress based upon how you react to what you just experienced. And then the other one is Ikigai, I K I G A I by Hector Garcia and Francois Morales. Uh, It It really helps an individual, as you read the book, to identify what makes you passionate, Mm -hmm. what what triggers your happy thought process, what triggers your negative response. And recognize those triggers will allow you then to be more successful moving forward and maybe circumventing events or trigger points that create anxiety or angst with as an individual, but also know where's that spot that you can go mentally or physically that allows you to have a little bit of peace and time to reflect upon what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And what is the outcome that I expect out of where I'm at right now?
0: That's fantastic! I'm putting both of those on my list. I haven't read either one, so I'm definitely I'm gonna, especially the Bee Water, my friend. I've seen um, a number of her interviews. I think that'll that'll be a really really interesting yeah. read.
1: And, so. and I'll throw one book that you, you can look at it. I carry it with me wherever I go. It's a little bit tattered, worn. It's the greatest <laughs> book in the world by Og Mandino. Yeah. And if you if you're in sales, this book has uh, always given me a perspective. I've read it. As you can see, numerous times, and it gives me a perspective of sales philosophy. What is my approach towards people mm-hmm. and how do I help provide solutions to their challenges that they're dealing with? I, I, don't, I don't sell a product, Mark. I sell a solution mm-hmm. to what challenge that individual is working with.
0: Perfect. What a great way to land it, Greg! Thanks for doing this interview, man. It's a lot of lot of wealth in here for people to take home, and I appreciate appreciate you making the time.
1: Absolutely, Mark. Great to catch up with you again. Thank you. I hope
0: today's episode brought you a great deal of value about what it takes to lead life and lead in this industry with intention. If you want to go deeper on the topic. Of leading with intention. I encourage you to head on over to intentionaltoolbox.com and get the seven free tools that will help you to lead your life in all areas with a greater deal of intention. That's intentionaltoolbox.com. And finally, if, if this message resonated today, if there was something in here that you got value from, I promise you there's someone else in your life who also would get value from this. So please share the episode, share the podcast, and make sure that you subscribe.